to uh, the very last edition of the World Cup uh, Playing Advantage uh, podcast. Uh, the podcast where formates chat about everything SA Rugby without taking ourselves too seriously. And boys, I think uh, we can all say uh, we are the champions. Um, the World in Union, I think we've all had all the World Cup songs playing on repeat <laughs> since uh, Saturday uh, and celebrating further into to Sunday morning. Uh, but we'll get to all of that um, and uh, discuss everything in detail, including obviously the final, also the third and fourth place. Uh, but uh, let me not uh, take any longer to introduce uh, the gang as always. Uh, Keith. How's it, everyone? Kev. How's it? And then Damien. Hi, guys. And me, Marco, uh, as always. <laughs> and I. And I. Um, just running through the agenda quickly uh, as we always uh, get started. Uh, we'll have our first impressions of what we thought of the, the weekend rugby, uh, the last two matches. Uh, Damien's going to take us through the long list of uh, results. Uh, we'll chat about uh, both games a little bit more in detail. Have our player of the week, plonker of the week, uh, and then also we're going to look at the player of the tournament and the plonker of the tournament. And then just uh, end lastly with a few few thoughts about the, the World Cup uh, in general and uh, I think the stellar job that uh, Japan did uh, in hosting. Uh, but let's get straight into it. First impressions. First impressions. Kev, do you want to start us off? I can start us off. I feel like I'm always starting us off in this thing. Just put me to the back next time <laughs> for Super Rugby. <laughs> Maybe have less to say. Um, yeah, no, the, uh, the first impression that I want to start with is to say, uh, yes, it was shit oaks in a long road and we've had a lot to say, we've had our ups and downs and now it's done and I think uh, we alluded to it throughout our podcasts thus far, it all leads up to getting that one singular job done and now it's done, big sigh of relief and huge celebrations for all that it means for our country. So I'm sorry, I'm sure I stole that first impression from somebody <laughs> else. Yeah. I, it wasn't or a first impression, it took, you ticked off all the boxes there. So I'm going to try to create <laughs> something here. You can call the podcast now. If you <laughs> like. <laughs> what, what I'll say, my, my first impression is is how, how big of a moment it was and uh, what, a, what a huge win. Um, but what a huge 80 minutes to participate in so doggedly and so focusedly. Well then. So I will start off by saying that Rossi definitely kept us looking left and then pulled the right. Um, <laughs> I think as you predicted, as you uh, hoped. Yeah, as I predicted. I, I, well, I hoped. Yeah, I didn't predict, as you said. But um, I think what an occasion to do it. Eh? I mean, talk about peaking at the right time. I mean, throughout the whole World Cup, we did not really have. A cracker of a game where we all sat there thinking, "Wow, that was such a great game of rugby!" Mm-hmm. And that final, final game just pulled out all the stops, and every everything just worked. It just barring uh, what's the name's kicking, um, Pollard's kicking, but uh, yeah. can't complain too much. It's okay, but it could be better. <laughs> but I don't want to be one of those guys. I want to piss on anyone's bread. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, for me, just I uh, was incredibly impressed at how absolutely dominant we were throughout that game. I think we we bossed every facet of it, and we just looked so convincing. And I think after sitting here for you know however many weeks we we've been talking and going, oh, you know, like it'd be nice for us to play some rugby. We played some fucking rugby. Excuse my French, but it was fantastic. <laughs> okay. Like uh, it was so so good to watch and to see. A book performance that was so incredibly dominant and then on top of that so you know in, entertaining and, and really you know we look good spreading the ball we look good with ball in hand which is fantastic and yeah i'm just the most stoked about it so happy yeah yeah <laughs> i think for me uh, first impression is just it, it literally felt like the, the the pride that i was feeling on the inside throughout the whole game i saw on the guys' face throughout the whole game. I saw the nerves that we had on their faces. I saw the resilience that uh, they would just not let anybody through. And it's, it's, it's a crazy thing that we always say we should not be this invested in a game that <laughs> we're just watching for fun. Um, but I really, I mean, just absolute pride uh, in the boys. They pulled it off and if I'm being honest, it didn't look like we were gonna lose that game. Uh, we never trailed. Um, we were in control for the most parts. Uh, 
yeah, just an absolute dominant display. I think the second largest winning margin, um, except for 99, no? 87, I think. There were, I think we, we, we equal with the second highest, and there was yeah. a very big one. I think it was the Aussies. Yeah, I think so. Um, but just absolute class from the guys. Uh, 1 through 23, I think everybody played their role. Uh, and well done to the guys <clears throat> who needed to step up. We'll, we'll get to those guys a bit later. We all know who they are, but they, everybody just played fantastically well. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to those the discussions uh, about the game in a little bit more detail. Uh, Damien, do you want to take us through the two results? Yeah, no shocks at all. Um, <laughs> New Zealand. 40. Well, some guys super brewed they were shocks. <laughs> uh, New Zealand 40, Wales 17 in the third, fourth playoff, and then South Africa 32. England 12, which is a very, very nice scoreline to read. Yeah. Who won Super Brew, by the way? Because mm. I forgot to, I was so bloody nervous about the game, <laughs> so I forgot to pick for both. I don't think anyone in, <laughs> in this, this podcast won no. our pool, so we don't have to stress. Wales was my last hope. <laughs> <laughs> and had efforts. It's a good thing. You know, I just we, picked with our heart. That's <laughs> it. It's a good thing we're not trying to know anything about rugby or anything. Exactly. We're not taking ourselves too seriously. But, um, but let's quickly, I mean, just quick thoughts on the, the New Zealand-Wales game. Um, yeah, i got some thoughts. Go for it, Kev. Um, I was very angry about the New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think uh, you guys are going to laugh at me. I think Wales showed up more for that game than they did for our game. Um, and I think the reason that they did that is traditionally a third-fourth playoff is more of a barbarian-style game. The guys yeah. are free to chuck the ball around, do the thing. And I think coming off of the loss for New Zealand, Wales might have fancied themselves a little bit more against New Zealand than they did against us. And I must say, first couple of minutes looked like it. And um, Wales' attack was really, really good, really dangerous. They were moving forward consistently, breaking the line. Uh, they had a lot of great moments. And New Zealand often scores many of their points on the counter. And that's exactly what happened that game. But I will say that the refing was useless in that game. It was absolutely absurd. There was no offside line to speak of at any stage. The rucks were terribly inconsistent. People were lying on the ball every single ruck off their feet consistently. Um, and I, look, I don't think that Wales is a better team than New Zealand. And I don't really think they could have won that game. But Jess, they didn't have much of a chance in my opinion. Because we've cut out referent, so I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> and I'll just quickly hop onto that. How in the hell did Wayne Barnes win ref of the year at the awards how is it possible after our quarterfinal where he didn't send anybody off or he did not have uh i mean he had the shocker against the in the third place fourth place game i mean literally the black jerseys were standing in the red jerseys line the mm. whole the whole game there was no rules it, it felt like richie mccall put through a call to say listen can I get the, the, the McCall special that yeah, guys can just come from It was side. like a fun game to watch, high scoring, but it felt like no one really gave a shit. Most of yeah. all went bonds. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just still pissed from the previous evening. Just like, had all the drinks and he decided, you know, it's, this is just, I'm going to phone this in. Yeah, you think paper got hold of him? Paper was just like, well, if I can't, have, if I can't ref, no one can ref. Yeah. Uh, maybe, Everyone's yeah. just going to have fun now. Let's have a, have a go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but a couple of my send-offs keeks uh, for a couple of uh, uh, instrumental all-black players. I know a couple of Wales players also uh, retiring uh, in of an era almost uh, for, for the all-blacks. I, b- I believe so. Yeah. I think this is a massive rebuilding stage for them. Um, quite a lot of the older guys are, are you know, hopping on a boat. Um, and I think, you know, and also the coach booking mm. out now. I think that's a big thing. I mean... Yeah, I saw that they've got a panel now together that they need to select a new coach. Mm-hmm. Australia in the same boat as well, they're doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I personally believe that this is the end of that all, of the all-black dominance. Um, you guys might think it's a big call, but I think we're going to start seeing more teams beating the all-blacks until they start to build up again, which will take a while so I agree with you in that I think they, they, they won't be as dominant yeah but I don't think they'll be any less scary no because I think the talent that is coming through there they've just got that conveyor belt and the youngsters there just all look so good yeah sure. I mean the fact that someone like Damien McKenzie where does he come into that side yeah with, with Moanga and, and Barrett yeah, at the moment yeah. and he I'd say he's still like probably in the top three or four in his position in the world mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, and then I, I saw for coaches, they're talking about uh, Jamie Josephs and Tony Brown mm. and then uh, uh, Razor Robinson. Yeah. And yeah, a couple of, and I think there's one more, maybe the Canes coach. Yeah, look, there's no shortage of coaching so options. They, they invited 26 New Zealanders to apply for the job. So I, th- I think they're going to be okay <laughs> in terms of aid coaching. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how they go forward. And I don't think it'll be too um, disruptive mm-hmm. because they, they do have those systems in place. But, yeah. 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 Um, just uh, getting back to the third place, fourth place game. Uh, I, yeah, I think everybody almost expected that result. I, I didn't like that it was uh, so poorly riffed. Uh, barbarian style rugby is fine, but at least then let's have some rules as well. Uh, let the guys throw it around rather. Let's, let's not get any, um, not foul play, but like cheap play uh, in the way. I think uh, also for, for Wales, a couple of guys, end of the era, um, uh, Alan Wynne Jones obviously retiring, I think a giant, yeah. literally and figuratively. Is he retired? Of the game. Yeah. yeah, he retired. Uh, uh, Lee internationally Hoff, or I think internationally, inter- internationally. Lee Halfpenny I think is also hanging up the boots internationally mm-hmm. uh, but then on the, from the All Black side uh, Sonny Bull Ryan Crutty uh, Kieran Reed, Damien's favourite player uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah I think just it, I think it's time for the, for the new new generation to move move forward so yeah, sure. exciting exciting as well um, but yeah uh, moving on to uh, the, the Bach England game I, I just uh, I think we were all nervous there first half and then uh, the boys started turning the screws and uh, then we scored some, some lovely tries overall impressions of the game guys where did we when did you think we just took took the this uh, took them by the scruff on the neck and almost said this is definitely ours uh, now I think um, just to, to just to start off with if you look at the the way that we've played in the past we struggled to play for a full 80 minutes and we 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 struggled to start. We struggled to you know we struggled to get that momentum, and we always just playing catch up in somewhere in terms of the tempo, not necessarily scoreboard, but definitely tempo. And I think towards the the, the you know in the second half, 20, 20 minutes in, mm. that's when I thought I thought we were going to maybe lose it because we we were really really just not getting a getting the momentum we wanted and then we just absolutely I think we just just put our foot on their throats and that was it game done and we just dominated and I mean that we haven't seen in a long time and I thought it was just absolutely magnificent there was just mongrel and for lack of a better term dog fuck and that for me was <laughs> that was my favorite thing of how we absolutely just destroyed the pommies crushed them and I loved it yeah I think for me I felt the same way um, I did see elements of things that we've been concerned about like creep into the game uh, I've had a, another consistent game where he, he didn't uh, nail every single box kick um, must be said obviously doesn't matter now but I think what I felt and maybe it's what you're saying as well is it came down to attitude Yeah. and the Springboks just you know people use this expression a lot and it's like overused a bit but like they wanted to win it uh, and they wanted to win it more than England. You could see, you could yeah. see that exactly what you're saying. Just the the, the defensive plan that Rossi had requires passion, and the better, the, the more passionate that the guys are, the better they deliver it, and they delivered it be- better than I've seen them do it today. And there was a lot of defense in the first half. Yeah. And um, then when it came to the opportunities that we took, what first try in a World Cup final, right? Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's right. it's just something that was built off of a platform that everybody created by moving. Sure, hundred percent, and I think that. Yeah, bro, and I think that the another thing was that <laughs> the set pieces. Um, I think we really dominated and and really you know t- took it to them there. So I think we had that momentum. And that momentum on top of our absolute domination of the set piece, the, the line-out. I think it's that we lost one line-out and it's the only line-out we've lost in the whole tournament. I think we lost two scrums in the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so just show you what that, you know, that platform that we had of, from like the forwards playing such a massive game. I think that looked, made us look so good. And then, like I was saying to you guys earlier, I think that the injury to Sinclair 
you know, I think their injuries, even though they've had proper, I think it was just singular that went off injured. Yeah. I think that cost them a lot more than ours. So I think when Bongi went off and when Luert went off, we had guys that stepped up and did as, as good of a job. Whereas I don't think their replacements looked as, as good as ours. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't. And I think England are a classy side and they looked a lot classier than a lot of sides that have crumbled under pressure. But what was important, I think, was that we were in the driver's seat the whole mm-hmm. time. And that, that, that definitely was part of our game plan. And, and yeah. it resulted, just like it did with Japan, in more possession, more attacking opportunity in the second half. Well, I mean, I, I looked up, was going through some of the stuff, um, and I see Supersport has a, a, a program on it. So it's the brain was actually talking about how from the toss, you already you could see there was this little body, domin- language. Yeah, the body language and the domination that Sia was showing towards Farrell. So Farrell had his head down. Like a little bit slouched, where Sia was like standing tall, chest out, yeah, chest out. When, when they, you know, shook the ref's hand first, then Farrell's hand, then walked in front of him when they were leaving the room, like these little things. And he's saying, you don't understand how these little mind games yeah. just play into the tiny inches of the game. Yeah. So that yeah, was interesting and, to see. And I think that kind of leads exactly into what I was saying: the, the tiny things, the small matchups, um, and something that obviously the brilliant coach had looked at. And now it seems so obvious uh, that we missed it. Is the pressure that was focused on Ford. He was absolutely, he was he was not in that game. And it's not because uh, he had a poor game. I think it's largely down to the pressure we put on him. I saw uh, a video uh, where somebody picked up that for five phases in a row, Peter Stiff marked Ford. Mm-hmm. And every single time it Ford thought about taking that ball up. Peter Steph was in front of him the whole time. And that's going to make any any man nervous. And um, so it was literally, whether it was pressure from Faf, whether it was from Peter Steph, um, we just closed this space down and we completely did not give him any time uh, or any comfort. So going back to that, that is ultimately our defense. Wow. And I saw something, remember that one stage in the game, I think it's, it's imprinted in my mind, of England going for 20 phases, mm. right up to our... 26 uh, phases, uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, 26, there we go, it's even better. Yeah. Um, right up to our try line, and then we then proceeded to drive them backwards Back. 30 meters. Yeah. And I think that for me is, if you're, a, if you're an attacking team, how, how do you come back from that ultimately? Yeah. From, just from personal experience, being a defensive player, someone who thrives and loves defending personally, when I see that, it just it makes me so excited and I, I'd hate to be in that position of attacking and going nowhere. And they lost 30 metres under advantage as well. Yeah. I mean, they still got the penalty on the 5 metre line, but they literally had to take the ball from outside our 22 to take the penalty on our 5 metre line, which is it's massive. Incredible. Yeah, I but think if you analyse the emotion which you have to in such a big game, it's like if you can imagine uh, when we were playing rugby, even like whatever, whatever you've ever played sport, you know, you come in and you go, okay, cool. I, I want to get sucked for the game. I'm in my own head. This is what I want to do. And you've got visions of what you what you want to achieve throughout mm-hmm. the game. You know, for me, it was always 100-meter sprint tries, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. But um, as soon as you start uh, to take the ball up and get absolutely nowhere, as soon as you get hit much harder than you thought you were going to, or as soon as you, you start to um, get dominated in set pieces and things like that, your plan starts going out the window and everything starts getting worse and worse and worse. And I think that's what... Um, Russell allowed into our gameplay is just look take everybody on man for man and dominate the breakdown at any point possible and and I think to be fair to Ford we we closed it down a lot but he had a lot of pressure on him because Young's I didn't think I thought Young's had a terrible game okay if you think about all the all the missed passes that were thrown sure. most yeah. of them came from Young he's supposed to be technically the best pass of a ball on the team of course I mean so if he's having a bad game that immediately you put pressure on 10 there yeah and then you've also got you know the the behemoth of a human of Peter Steph running at you sure. every single time you catch a ball and smoking you yes. like and late 90% of the time, let's be honest. And uh, no f- no fly half has ever succeeded on the back foot, let's be honest. So he also had a pack going backwards. So, I mean, he'd, he, he he didn't have a great game, but I think we added a lot to that. We just didn't give him any sort of opportunity to get going, uh, to, to send his, his backs away. Um, I think the, the other thing that's... Uh, that, uh, obviously, we've talked about the defense, but the fact that we kept them out of our half uh, for large parts of the game was also magnificent. And I don't think we, we kicked the ball away necessarily to, to play in their half the whole time. Um, 
But if, we, if, we, if we're being honest, I think they had one try scoring opportunity and that was them on the line. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, they, and look how dangerous they were against New Zealand. They should yeah. have scored another two tries that was disallowed. Yeah. Um, they had thrived against Argentina. Mm-hmm. They played incredibly well against Australia, scored quality, quality tries, not uh, mauling or scrubbing tries. So all of a sudden, I mean, when you, when you take that away from a team and they've got no opportunity to score, they, they, they run out of plants. There's, there's nothing left to do. Something I did see, and I'm, I'm not sure of the exact stat, but it was something like of the 26 contestable, actually contestable kicks that we put, put up, mm. I think we recovered, I might be wrong, 26. I think every time we put up a contestable kick, we won the ball back, which was obviously... I think that's, that's maybe a journo being a little bit... Maybe. Maybe. But but see, there's, there's definitely a kicks. If there. you think about it... Think no, about that one wasn't contestable. <laughs> <laughs> don't write that one down. No, don't include if it. If you think about how many times during the game you went, but Pimpy's got it. So he's made the catch. Yeah. Yeah. Vili's made the catch. Pollard's made a catch. And you think back to it, of those kicks, I can't think of too many that England came away with. That we, of our of our no, possession and our kicks. They so they, they, no, so I honestly think there's a couple of kicks that was went wayward, but it wasn't the majority. It was literally maybe one or two. Yeah, but I agree. I, I agree. You know, I think England were also. At, I think they got exposed in the air quite heavily. I think, except for Johnny May. So Johnny May is pretty good in the air. Anthony Watson and um, Daly are not good in the air. Daly is actually a winger, and he. He shouldn't have been playing fullback ultimately. Someone else should have been there. But if you think about it, we didn't kick on May's wing. We did twice, and he collected them both yeah. times. Because well, I mean, and then we started changing. Because if you think about it, it was Mapimpi and Vili going up. Yes. Cheston wasn't going up for anything. He, he yeah, was just not coming as well. We did it yeah. twice, and they they decided that's yeah. it. He's he's not the guy that we should be kicking on, and then we went Anthony See, Watson. This is, the, and this is what I've been talking about for. Yeah. Eight weeks, whatever decision making. That's a professional rugby player. That's the job. Okay, you to be change doing. your mind as well. <laughs> if it's not working, try something else. Yeah, I'm skeptical of that statistic because uh, look, our kicking game I think was better than it ever has been because of how much sure. we regathered. But I wouldn't say that it was um, great. And in fact, the whole win for me, it's like it wasn't a smart win. Uh, it wasn't a smart campaign that we came in with actually but what we did is we allowed the guys to present a lot of grit and a lot of ruggedness and uh, that's what pulled us through and like I think yeah you feel for England because like you're talking about forward and stuff like that nobody did fall down in the game but unfortunately the guys just couldn't match up with the um, I think the brutality of the the will that the Smokers came in with sure we definitely built uh, built a game plan around our strengths Mm. Yeah. and our strengths are we, we tackle really hard and a lot and you know we've got heart so yeah 100% uh, as much as uh, I'd love to continue talking about defence because I know we all love it can we please just give some praise for those two absolutely magnificent <laughs> tries firstly I'm giving that no look pass uh, yeah. I've, I've heard they're calling the no look pass the unpass from now on uh, in the <laughs> South African schooling systems I mean just uh, let's go with that one first beautiful hands uh because they were right up on us halfway and it went through, uh, who was it? I it was, was unmarked, Mark's, Mark's, Mapimpi, chip kick, um, Mapimpi. Mark, I have to say, I'm really impressed by Marks in that hole. He was, he actually had the most pressure on him. Yes, uh, to get that ball he, away. He had two players, which ultimately is also a great thing because he had two players on him because I think England realised they're like, okay, we can't let this guy get some momentum. Yes. So they sent, two guys decided to go and he just had... The vision to shift that ball quickly, and he ultimately, I think, he was, he was what caused it. Mm. He was the the brain behind it. Yeah, it was a great delivery from him. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, and, and just amazing. good finishing ultimately. And and, and yeah, smart from um and selfish. Yeah, uh, a lot of, of people would have seen the open try line and gone, and I don't think he would have made it. So, um, it was great, great all around. Yeah. and I mean, talk about backing your teammates. I mean, yes, because there was like I said, no look pass. He just expected someone to be in that gap. Yeah. So yeah. And what I love uh, about that try is that yes, they played together at the at the Sharks, but it almost feels like they were on the same wavelength. As in, I knew exactly he needed to, to pull back because mm-hmm. he was he was ahead of my mm-hmm. So to get behind that chip, it wasn't the greatest of chips. Uh, it still worked. Uh, it came off the side of his boots a little bit. But then I'm um, just pure acceleration. There's not a lot of guys who can get away from my pee and yeah. he literally. He sprints it away, regathered that ball, and I think within this, it was one uh, one motion, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Caught the ball, no look pass. Yeah. And no, for Mumpipi to continue following up, because there's some guys 
who will just say, oh, he's going to score it, it's fine. Well, Mopimpi apparently told him, basically, go for the line. Oh, is it? So, yeah, that's that's what Mopimpi said. He told him to go for the line, and then all of a sudden the ball was there. (laughs) (laughs) I think think he may have been able to have scored that try, but ultimately, I think the the smart Smart option option was to just shift the ball and give it to... I mean, looking at that trial, like you said, Kev, he was, I think, was on the five-meter line, and if he was tackled, I think he would have come up short, yeah. uh, and he would have maybe been able to reach, but I agree, safe option, get that ball out, and yeah. yeah. score. And then, Cheslin? Oh, my <laughs> word. That Just Cheslin, because... Absolutely beautiful. Did, did you guys see that, uh, the, the uh, frame-by-frame breakdown? Oh, it was of, disgusting. Of the, what he actually yes. had to do. The um, one with all the different angles. With, yeah, with all the different angles and how he had to commit guys, because he still had 45 meters left. He had four guys on him. How he had to slow down, speed up, off his right, off and his left, speed away. Oh. How, how horrifically he stepped Farrell. Farrell's oh, still going in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Farrell was hitting home after that. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm going to give a shout out to the two forwards who gave those magnificent passes, because it was actually Peter Steve. Peter Steve. And and Marks. Malcolm Marx. So, yeah, right. I mean, whoever says that South African forwards are just Rache, that's not always true. So, me, I think it was quite For great. me, I'm getting the passes to Peter Steff and Marx. So, that's another thing you have to think about. Yeah, fair. No, I think we've been <laughs> agreed it was a, a great a team effort. <laughs> and I think uh, Goosebumps moment uh, for me because we regrettably lost James Small and uh, Chester Williams yeah. this year. And 11 and 14 scored in their honor. Yeah. For the first time in the final, which was a nice little thing for uh, for us to realize as a nation as well. Sure, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And um, I know we were uh, we all lost our collective minds uh, <laughs> as uh, we luckily got some footage of it uh, just from the uh, from behind. But I think what a moment! Um, I, I saw it and I didn't know if it was if I had was. Um, Kind of just gauge the situation correctly, but um, the scenes before Koyalisi went onto the stage where him and Rossi were going back and forth, back and forth, and I actually did think that Sia was trying to say, Rossi, please come up. But what an absolute legendary human being where Rossi said to Sia, No, you deserve this, you're gonna go up and take this by yourself. Uh, I want the players to, to revel in this moment. Um, I think absolute class uh, to, to, to make that call, and then just when Sia lifted that trophy above his head. I think South Africa collectively just went a huge moment. Just yeah, went I mean, it. you just look at, at how, you know, what it's Thursday now, Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm still trying <laughs> to get to grips with the World Cup. But I mean, we've got, I mean, every single day you've had like hours of news stories about it. And yes. it's still it. And, I, you know, this will probably continue for weeks. And it's, mm. it's fantastic. And it is good for the country. And it's good for everyone that enjoys a bit of rugby. I mean, yeah. What I mean, I was with you all you guys on the weekend, and you know, from what I'm sure all of us can remember, it was fantastic. Like, I, yes. there's there's very very few things I think that can pull people together. The sport, yes. and I mean, you know, what what a time to be alive. Yeah. yeah. So for me personally, I think I was five years old when uh, when we won '95, and I vaguely remember my dad taking all his clothes off and running in the street. Um, <laughs> I love you, Dad. But, uh, yeah, that, it was, you know, you, you at such a young age, you don't really feel the emotion. And, you know, and then in 2007, I was, what, 17 years old, and I, I saw the gravity of it, and I saw how important it was for our country. But this, for me, this is huge. I think this is even bigger. I think... I think also looking at where we're at, uh, we're in some pretty dark times, and I think it's we need we need a little bit of hope and positivity in, in our lives. I think um, so. It's a good distraction to have, I think, um, <laughs> from from a lot of what happens, and I I just think it's beautiful. I really do. Yeah. I don't uh, like I said uh, on the day. Um, I don't think any of us, and I don't think Sia. Or any of the guys really know what this means because I think we'll only see the ramifications of this in 12 years time and 15 years time when you know when the players who are playing for the box um, start saying I was inspired to to start playing rugby because of Sia uh, because oh. of Mampimpi because of uh, Faf because of Vermeer and like that's what they saw and I think well, seeing I mean, a, a black captain raise that that World Cup above his head coming from nothing 
he's he's in the exact same position as what they might be. It's I think it, it speaks so many volumes that we just don't realize. And it can only do wonders for South African rugby. I mean, yeah, yeah. like you, like Sia was saying, he watched the 2007 World Cup and was like, oh, I want to be there one and day. And it should be. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, so he was he was a youngster that watched it and was like, "Okay, this is what I want to do one day." And I mean, that can only be fantastic for South Africa. Like, yeah. You guys are making me emotional. Let's get through. Our <laughs> Let's get through the other segments before our final words. All right. Um, so let's uh, then go to player uh, of the week. Player of the week. Who uh, who do we have down? Who was I know we we said one through twenty three all played well, but uh, there has to be uh, a top one. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go with Peter Steph to toy guys. Um, <laughs> I'm actually gonna go with um, Damien Delaney. Um, he did his job so well. Um, his defence was just incredible. He had to. He him and Pollard had this monumentous, what word? Momentous task. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, of taking care of um, Tulangi. And I think they did a brilliant job. That guy was absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, d- I, d- I didn't really, you know, notice him on the park, which yeah. I thought. Yeah. And Damien, every single time, he made at least one and a half, two meters over that advantage line. He didn't do much in terms of breaking the line, and and I just thought he just did his job so bloody well. Couldn't ask more of a guy. Good call. Yeah. Me next. Um, I'm going to give it to Vili. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. is because uh, I still don't think Vili had an incredibly standout game, but I don't think people have hugely standout games as fullbacks in finals anyway. What Vili did to me, for me, which was so important, is he took what was a potential weakness uh, for our team, and it was to kick on him, and he just said, no, it's not a weakness today, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's not the way you're going to get through. Very cool. Yeah. And that's that's so that's all he that we asked him to do. Mm. That's exactly what he did. And I actually thought he played uh, reminiscent of his uh, of his last couple of campaigns. Sure. Very yeah. proud of him. Um, he peopled up socks. I know, no, no, no. Socks were up. <laughs> <laughs> it was discussed a lot on Saturday before the game how yes. he could potentially be the, the weak link. So, yeah, Great Good call. call. Um, for me, also a guy a little bit under the radar, maybe. But fantastically huge contribution. Uh, the beast, I think that scrum dominance came yeah. mostly on his side of the scrum, and I think that just laid the platform for us going forward. And so um, we even saw when you know when the changes were made that we had a bit of a wobble. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we, you know, you can't underestimate his massive contribution there. And also now because he's retiring from international rugby, all the more reason to give it to the. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been a great servant. I think the most cap prop. Yes, 117 yeah. caps. So, yeah. Third all time. Yeah. What a great, what a great servant to the, the South African game. So, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, so I don't, I don't like uh, going back to the same guy twice. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and now I can hear it again and again and again replaying my head. So, uh, I, I, I gave it to um. Uh, earlier in the tournaments, I think he had a standout game again. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and now, in my opinion, the format I'd center of World Rugby. Um, I gave it to Mampimpi um, the, the other weekend as well when he stood up and he had a good game. And I've been one of his harshest critics. So I think I'm going to give myself a little bit of a present. And I'm going to give it to my man that is my favorite rugby player. Dwayne from the As you guys know. <laughs> he played bloody well. He man. had he an absolute... Yeah stauncher of a game he was unbelievable in the air he he didn't uh, stand back defensively uh, he, he took care of uh, the flanks as well uh, at, at ruck time made sure that they couldn't get their hands on the ball and the man was just uh, he was a leader uh, and I think when we saw those images of um, uh, Matthew uh, Proudfoot uh, you know uh, giving him a hug after the game you could see what, what this meant to him uh, you know the man was in tears. So for the for the guy who's probably who's nicknamed Thor, uh, you know, for something to mean that much, you know, it's real. Uh, it's you know he gave everything, just like Peter Stepped a toy after the Wellington game when he made something silly like twenty six tackles. Uh, I think uh, this really meant meant the world to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then let's look at uh, not the good, not the bad, but the extremely ugly for Plonker of the week. Uh, I don't think there was any 
South African guys have been really cool ones. So that kind of puts us down to the English team. Mm. Well, we can give a bit of cuck for Faf meeting the bloody prince of England in his speeder. I thought about <laughs> making him play of the week just because of that. <laughs> the Duke of Sussex, guys. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, I, I, look, it's really hard. But, Owen Farrell, anyone? For missing that, quite, it was actually a bit of an easy tackle. For missing the tackle. It was a weak, he literally had Cheslin. He literally had him. No, and he whoa, just was like, no. whoa, <laughs> Keegan, hold on. Are you telling me that any tackle is easy on Cheslin Colby? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> he should have shoulder charged the shit out of him. <laughs> like he normally does. He should have no, used it all together. It's a good call, Dames, because, um, because he did make mistakes out of all the English players. I noticed his mistakes a lot. He missed yes. kicks as well. Not but, only that, uh, I think because he's coming from, he's been so dominant throughout the whole tournament. I think he was actually one of the standout players for England going into the game. Oh, yes. Um, 100%. You know, he was absolutely nowhere. Absolutely shocking, I thought, compared to what he has been for the rest of the tournament. So yeah. That's, yeah. that's why he's my bunk of the week. Um, I'm going to go with Billy Bonapola. Um I think he was average, to say the least. I think he was really nowhere. Um, he, this, that supposed physicality that he brings to the pitch was actually, it was completely, you know, you just snuffed him out. Every time he carried the ball, Peter Steff, Dwayne, Sia would just cut him down and yeah. he would make no, zero meters pretty much. And, and he, one thing I've realized is he's really slow. If he does not have a run-up, yes. he's screwed. He's dead in the water. He's not, an, he's not an athlete. And we have athletes. So, I mean, you have to, you have to just say to the guy, try it. You know, do a little bit better next time. But Yeah. <laughs> I think for my Blanco of the week, I'm just going to hark back quickly to the New Zealand game and give it to Kieran Reid. Um, <laughs> Your favorite rugby player for his you final game as the captain, taking himself from his self-appointed position at the head of the hooker and placing himself in the dead bloody center of it. Thanks very much for that, Kieran. We'll miss you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I second that sentiment. Kev, tell us how you really feel, bro. <laughs> um, my plonk of the week, I'd have to say, uh, collectively, the English front row. Um, I think they kind of had a chance to to um, to put a stop to our dominance if, if they pitched for the game and maybe they just didn't have it uh, on the uh, on the game but I think when your front row starts having problems I think it was the second minute of the game there was a first scrum where we actually just annihilated them as soon as that happens if anybody's uh, if you're playing eighth man if you're playing fullback you see that scrum crumbling that early on you know it's going to be a long day because yeah, that takes then, takes out so much of the game. So I was actually I was saying to um, James Tyndall and him and I were talking about England and we ultimately we very very similar sides. We like to be physical. Our set piece needs to be dominant mm-hmm. for us to get go go forward ball. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, um, the rest one of the, I think it was a Rustenburg game. We played New Zealand. We absolutely annihilated them in the set piece except they were able to recover from that and just shift the ball out wide and they dominated us and they won that game. Mm. And they're a team that can adapt. They're like, it's okay, we don't really mind if we're losing the scrum. Let's use our outside backs to, to get us points. Yeah. Whereas South Africa, we struggle. If, we're not, if our forwards are not doing well, we're dead in the water. And England are exactly the same. Mm. I think on, that, on the front row, plonk of the week, I'll give a special shout out then to Mario Toja. For oh. knocking out their best. That's terrible. I mean, he, he was dossing. Oh, dude. As Kevin That to was say. bad. We, like, when you saw that, he, he had his arms up for a good like, 10, 20 yeah. seconds. As, Zombie. Yeah, as, as Kev loves to say, uh, he was in Dudu Swantain. A long time. Okay, um, so then as you, let's shift then to a player of the tournament. So the one guy that you'd kind of Give it to, so not the, the World Rugby Player of the Year, which our boy, Peter Steff, won. Um, so now so I can't player, No, I'm, I'm saying, don't think of the whole year's rugby, just play of the tournament. Okay. You can still pick him if you like, 100%. Yeah. No, I'm not going to start. Someone else start. Well, you're the, he's the okay, available no. pick there. No, I'll choose. Okay, someone else go. I'll choose. I'll go. I'll think of someone else. Go. 
Okay, if I have, if I'm going first, there, there are guys that like we can't let this go through without mentioning. Um, so I'll, I'll be the one to say Cheslin. Um, it's been an amazing thing to watch. How can a rugby player have so many consistent games on so much good form? Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The guy's on the form of anybody's life. <laughs> I don't know what Sangoma has blessed him with this ability, but I hope that it was a permanent blessing and it's going to carry through for a long time because just as a, because a bloody hero. 100 percent. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's so underrated in what he did all tournament long. Lukanya, uh, I think you know he that that shift he puts in every game under the radar. It's almost like having a forward in the back line. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. He's, that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> he's, and he's not the biggest outside centre either, and I just I think he's I mean, his name. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the, the work he did on defence, and then actually setting up. If you look at a lot of the tries that we did score, he always had a part to play. Yeah. So, so I think yeah, that massively underrated contribution, but mm-hmm. and like couldn't go without him. So, I think for me. You guys know how much I love Peter Steftetor and how much I've been talking about him for the past two years. And I think um, I'm not going to choose him. I think it would be <laughs> the easy choice. So I'm going to actually go with someone who I was a little bit skeptical of in the beginning. And I think it's Bongi Mbunambi. I think um, this World Cup, he has dethroned possibly the best hooker in the world and put him on the bench and I think that just speaks volumes for how hard the guy has played Huge and and ultimately he's not the biggest either I mean Malcolm Marks is a good 10 kilos on on Bongi and that for me just says it you know this guy is gritty tough he's focused on his skills his line-out throwings become impeccable and I mean he's reliable as as, as anything so Good for him. I'm proud of him. So yeah, yeah, agree. Um, I think two shoutouts um, just to make sure that it's not just all South Africans that we're chatting about. Even though it's well deserved for everybody, uh, as much as it pains me to say, Owen Farrell had a very good tournament. Um, he's got the most smackable face in world rugby. But <laughs> he he <laughs> now that now that Kieran Reid retired. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Market, it's punchable, but so I mean, it's smack- you've been giving it to guys. You've been <laughs> I think he led his side incredibly well uh, he just didn't he didn't uh, play his best game uh, in the final but otherwise I think he had an outstanding tournament um, Alan Wynne-Jones I think is the other mention mm. uh, I think legend of the game really really um, led his team from the front Wales was not that great of a team but um, monumental in every phase of the game I'd say from a South African perspective, and um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to get this answer because it feels sacrilege. One man that I hated from the very start, and he even <laughs> plays for my union, I have to give it up to Damien Dallander. Um, from the get-go, I didn't feel like he had a bad game. He, I know we were toying with the idea of saying Pollard at 12 with Yankees at 10. Mm. Dallander just did not have a foot wrong. Uh, for, for most of the tournaments. He proved so, us both wrong there. All uh, of us wrong. All of us wrong. And again, I mean, now if you, if you start looking through uh, a World 15 side, he has to be in the conversation. Yeah. He has to be. And he's not one dimensional anymore. Apparently, they trained uh, passing while in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> passing on Mondays because he, he shows he could pass uh, like the, the Damien of old. Um, and I really thought if anybody pulled up socks uh, and there was any doubts about anybody, it was him. He really put up his hand to say, uh, let me do the things. I think you're giving special mentions. I think you also have to give Josh Adams a special mention. Sure. And Tom Curry. Yes, Tom I Curry. Also, massive, like, massive legends game. coming huge, out of nowhere. Huge um, legends of the game, yeah. unbelievable. And I think, I think just, uh, sorry, this is a segment where I feel like uh, I don't <laughs> want to leave anybody else. The other thing I wanted to say is, I know we've talked about Sia, but Sia as well, consistent performance oh, yes. as, a, as a leader, as a player, it was incredible, so I won't pop on it, but also then the stalwarts of our team, uh, I thought did a, a very, very yeah. important job, and they did it well, the front stands, uh, the scarf britches of the world, so yeah. <laughs> With the Gears Commission. Now I'm done, you can yeah. do that, <laughs> I, I, was, I was literally, I was thinking about saying, give this the first special mention to France Stain, for the, <laughs> the best 
down down proposal I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> when Prince, uh, Prince Harry <laughs> yeah. comes into the change room and then he gives a little speech and then before uh, or before you can even start, France then try, he shoves a beer in his hand and he's like, listen, you had to make us wait. So yeah, you have to down down this beer. <laughs> <laughs> Literally his words. And so then you can see Prince Harry going for it and then he looks around and he saw the camera. And he's like, no, no, I can't. There's a camera right there. Otherwise, I'm sure you would have down down on the spot. No, as soon as all the cameras turned off, no doubt he smashed a couple of people. But what a legend. He's a soldier, man. He doesn't care who this guy is. like, no, he made his weight, so he's a down down. That was great. Okay, and then going in the opposite direction, Plonker of the tournaments. I know we had plenty and plenty of red cards and yellow cards, record numbers, actually. Who took the cake? Well, I think this one's unanimous. I think we all know who Plonker of the week is, or Plonker of the tournament. But um, it's the French player. We've all discussed it. Mm. Um, but lot. I think there's quite a few. Yeah, I think we've got a lot to talk about. I think yeah, that was that, an that obvious was one. bloody moronic, um, yeah. and it's not nice to see. Um, I think for me, Plonker of the tourney, uh, maybe a little controversial one. I thought uh, Michael Checker. Um, because you know he's going as well, obviously. Um, but just uh, not a great showing, mm. uh, coaching wise. Went with the oldest guys uh, that he had available to him. Tried nothing new. He really left um, very little to be built on um, for the next guy in. So well, I mean, I think on on that note, you could almost go also um, Sexton and Joe Smith because. Sexton couldn't, yeah. couldn't pick touch out that <laughs> came against New Zealand if he was standing on the, the touch on line. The touch and line. Yeah, Smith, um, I think, you know, he, he got them to peak well, but two years too early. Yeah, and it's, it's difficult to say this about guys who like leave in and they are legends and you don't want to, to like speak ill of yeah. them, but at the end of the day, you, you kind of want people to treat the World Cup as uh, about the nation and not about you. And I think, yeah, that's kind of the feeling that you have, you know. It's one thing if you're incredibly successful and you walk out with uh, cannons going off and everyone screaming yeah, your name. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, odds are for teams like that, that's not going to happen. You know, let's look at the future. Yeah. Um, I think some special mentions as well to uh, the f when we played against Italy, the first prop who went so far backwards he injured himself in the first scrum. <laughs> I think that that's... I, 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 thought, I would have thought you would have said the two definite tip tackle reds where only one got mentioned <laughs> literally I was going to get there because they, there was a head job on Dwayne Vermeulen I mean literally the fact that only one got red carded and then both got banned afterwards but also just silly and then Keegs you mentioned the, the Canadian guy yeah the Canadian guy he, he definitely is up there I think um, that was just absolutely blatant there's no just, dude come on the, what was that prop's name who nearly killed Richie McCaw in Super Rugby the Bulls prop was pretty oh, much the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, I think um, he's been banned and, and ultimately, you know, all the union that he plays for does not want him to play anymore. So, yeah. he's done with rugby, which is, I guess... Yeah, but uh, I think, like you said, unanimous French luck. Yeah. Okay. Like 20, 30 minutes left, they're up 19, 10. There's absolutely no reason for that. Dominating the game. <laughs> Let's start throwing bows. Yeah, but leave, leave it up to the French to uh, implode. Implode. <laughs> yeah, I thought exactly. someone was going to talk about one of the French refs. I was, the, I was yeah. going there. I was, but but then God says was acceptable in the final. So. <laughs> <laughs> he left his best game of his career for the very last. very last. Yeah. Although so, I must be honest, if we're going to really scrutinise the way he manages the breakdown. That's, it's diabolical. So he blows for, he blows an English player for doing, for two seconds, for literally holding on. And then when it comes to us, we've got a player, we've got two players on the ball. We've definitely got the ball. I think he counts, he's like, one, <laughs> two. And it's just, it just becomes, it's like, stop trying, stop then, even yeah. trying to get the ball. And on that note also, it, it like, from the side only applies at certain times apparently. Yeah. yeah. Because the gates, like, he gets to the ruck and he's like, okay, now the gate is four meters wide. But this is what happens with the <laughs> reference. It has to, <laughs> it has to, to boil in. over somewhere. Yeah. But, but <laughs> so, to be fair to him, 
I, I don't think he was terrible in the no, final. I thought that, no. like, like you said, best game of his career. Not that that is a high benchmark to no. meet, but no comp. Well, we we won the World Cup, so we can't have any complaints. Yeah. Oh, so I've got I've got one. This is <laughs> a new one. So Plunker of the tournament is some Irish arsehole, I don't even know his name, don't care, said that the Springboks are all on steroids and that's why they won the World Cup. And it's just, it's a rag, it's a sports show in Ireland okay. and he just sounds incredibly bitter. <laughs> he really, really yeah. sounds bitter. So I mean, shout out to you, bro. You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another mention to Zitz, uh, Full Dawson. Yeah. Uh, Matt Dawson. Not, not Matt, Matt. It is Matt Dawson. Uh, Matt Dawson, I think, was a regular... The, the journalist. Yes, we we the had journalist. this exact discussion yes. on Saturday. So the, the, <laughs> the English journalist, who, he was the uh, 2003 World Cup winning scrum off for England, yeah. he but wrote he, in his column, yeah, he wrote in his column that a combined 15 <laughs> team between the English and the Springboks, there'd be no space for any Springbok in that whole team. <laughs> and wow. that man woke up to so much abuse on Twitter the next day. There was threads of people tweeting at his employer. I think it's either the Daily Telegraph or the, 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 the Guardian where they tweeted at the newspaper saying, you need to reconsider who you hire as sports writers. <laughs> Literally an absolute tosser. How the hell are you going to get away with that? And how anything you write from now on is going to have any uh, hold any water? Silly. Absolutely silly. Um, wow. And then the, the, the very last mention kind of goes in perfectly with the, the brief point. Maybe not plonk of the tournament, but the I completely forgot what the hell I was doing moments of the tournament. Yaku Paper. Yeah. <laughs> Posing for a photo with the Welsh supporters with his elbow up. But I think that's Mate, a bit harsh, what were you thinking, it. surely? Because that, that cost him a semi. <laughs> Definitely cost him a semi. A lot in life, my life has cost me a semi. Might have cost him one of Marco's semi. So that's severity, I, I think. I think it's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, ultimately, it is a sport. I know it's become really professional and. It is people's jobs, but I mean, I think we must never forget where rugby comes from. Yeah. And and I think that for me, I know you guys are saying that, you know, it's a serious offense. Imagine your employer saw something of that effect on, on social media. I mean, I don't know. I think there's, it was after the fact, mm. how was he supposed to know? I mean, he, how? Let's yeah, he's having a laugh. Probably the guys were like, oh, that's so how he did it. And then, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, just, that's banter. That's what banter is. That's rugby. Yeah. But I mean, he, he must have knew after they took that photo that's going to come back. So it's unfortunate. I don't think he's a terrible ref, but silly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But well, um, <laughs> uh, any final thoughts there? You're all good? Getting it out of the system? Uh, final thoughts on Plonkers, Plonkers or, or the, the, the World Cup? No, Plonkers. Okay. No. no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I think we've had a good... A, a, a good happy Okay, so then, uh, final thoughts on the World Cup? Best World Cup yeah. ever. <laughs> no, 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 you don't need like, to add anything else, drop the mic. So, in saying that, in saying that, I think just by the broadcast of it, the, the way that it's all been done, and just by seeing various interviews of fans... And, and I think the Japanese have absolutely nailed it. I yep. mean, trust the Japanese to just absolutely, they've perfected it. Um, France have a big, big one. They've got to try and match this in terms of viewership and spectator value, mm. all of that. And I think ultimately it was a roller coaster ride for everyone involved. Mm. I, I mean, yeah. Going into it for me, even before the final, I was going, I still think this is probably the best World Cup that at least I've been alive to witness because. Yeah. You know, you had that hears from like all the Japanese people. You had the foreigners there go having the best time. Yeah. And they they also managed to put put off a major international event during a giant typhoon. <laughs> yeah, like you can't forget about that. Yes. Like that like people died and they're just like, Yeah, cool, rugby. So <laughs> like that's a big thing. I think that, you know, any other country I don't think would have been able to pull that off. I really no, don't. No, sure. And then we also won the World Cup, so Super hosting job, and I think they were represented well by all the supporters that went through there, all the videos that I watched and all the stories I heard. It sounded like they're um, really behind their team and behind the whole event. So yeah, super job. I think you made the comment in an earlier podcast that it was a smart rugby crowd. So, you know, they'd done their research mm -hmm. and, and just to see them like getting behind, like 
you know, half the crowd knows the South African national anthem. Yeah. That's unheard of. It's fantastic. And especially, so I saw the statistic came out today, 99.3% of tickets were sold for this whole whole tournament. So, and if you you look, just look at the crowd, Japan is not necessarily uh, a rugby playing nation. And half, if not more than that, was Japanese Mm. coming to watch the sports. Um, they said half of the Japanese population watched the uh, watched the final or watched the Japan versus Scotland game. So I mean, just in terms of the show they put on and what it means for growth within that country uh, is massive, and we need to uh, keep them in rugby, whether if it's with our Super Rugby or include them with the Six Nations or something. Definitely. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think a big highlight for me was being able to experience this with you, gents. Uh, okay. Even if it's just chatting shits uh, before, or after, and doing this fun thing of uh, sharing our thoughts that uh, nobody's really caring for. Um, it's, it's, it's been the most amount of fun. So thanks, lads. But you're talking about it like we're never going to do this again. No, no, no. I'm just saying the World Cup. You know, it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll remember for. Well, I, think, I think it's been a great start for us, you know, and for yeah. whatever this platform means. I think, yeah, my last thought for the World Cup is that um, World Cups are always a huge emotional affair for me. And I think this win for us we don't like to talk too politically but it's unity in a, com- in a country that is so often divided yeah. um, and it means the absolute world uh, to our country so yeah guys I'm so glad that we've got to sit and analyze it with you guys and I think it's the start of something something that'll be awesome it's been the best yeah, I've had such a great time with you guys uh, hosting you guys at my house I just wish we drank more beers I just Next a time. lot of the time we were really hungover. So the, the, the great regrets of the World yeah. Cup is that you didn't get in enough beers. Eh? <laughs> no, you made up no, for on Saturday. No, oh no, on Saturday, jeepers. <laughs> I was walking around with 750 more bottles, man. What are you talking about? I think we should make it a thing that for Super Rugby we're going to have to watch games while we podcast and then we can drink and then it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, so to our listeners out there, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> do you like to see something... Four, four guys get absolutely shit-faced watching rugby. Let us know on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. um, do we want to... Non-World Cup points, there's one or two maybe we want to touch on before we end. Like the World Rugby Awards and the Saracens debacle. Oh, yeah. Just, just quickly, have, just quickly. We have some time. <laughs> Go for it. Um, so, World we'll, we'll Player of the Year, Peter Steff, Coach of the Year, Rassi. Like, uh, team of the Year, year Springboks. Spring <laughs> clean sweep. Uh, break, yeah. Breakthrough Player of the Year, Hershey Archies? No. Was oh no no he got it he got nominated sorry yeah he got nominated still okay um Owen Farrell eating more shit this week fantastic <laughs> yes um, for serious things <laughs> being docked all the points and all the money 30, what, 36 points 35 log points 35 and points 5.3 million pounds might yeah. be 10 yeah and uh oh so this is what I was trying to make a point of earlier is that um <laughs> with Saracens their representative didn't show up to the Champions League, like, yeah. uh, and they've been promotion. they've been nailed Fine for, for that. that as well. <laughs> as well. So, so they're having a great week. Cream. <laughs> yeah, and you said they might be able to claw their way back. Negative twenty four points at the start of your season. So that's a big ask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. Big ask. Yeah, I mean, apparently the reason why they're in all this shit is because they spend too much money on players. So yes. they they clearly have the players still to go do it. But sure. Uh, it'll be an interesting thing. Inter- interestingly enough, they haven't been stripped of their title from last week, last year, sorry. Last couple of years. So yeah. there's a big media hoo-ha to say, is that So you happen? can cheat and you can get titles, which is fine in the next season, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like Italian football. Yeah. And then, it does. Yeah. And then the, the other uh, big news of uh, Sonny Bull uh, earning a cool $10 million <laughs> for two years playing rugby league uh, in Canada. I mean, have you ever... But good on him. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to hate. Good He's married to a South African girl, so I think uh, bringing the money down. <laughs> Increase the GDP. Sonny <laughs> <laughs> Bill Williams for president. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we, we've kind of discussed it. Uh, and just to the listeners, uh, we'll be taking um, a little bit of a break from the, the serious podcasting. We will be uh, still releasing a few uh, short segments uh, for non-international rugby uh, we're looking at the pirates old boys tournaments uh, coming up this weekend uh, we'll, we'll probably also do uh, a bit of hosting regarding the uh, the pro 14 and the sevens before we get straight into uh, next year's super rugby uh, tournaments uh, big 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 year for a lot of players moving around a lot of new talent coming in starting early, starting I, saw, early. I saw the like early fit. i was watching the breakdown 
31st of January is the first what? New Zealand game. They're trying to make up for it this year. Yeah. They <laughs> lost mean, a bit of money. <laughs> it's so much it normally starts on Valentine's Day. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll still do all the... Uh, the, the Twitter things uh, will get more involved on the social media side as well. So please follow us there at uh, Playing ADV uh, Castbox. Uh, and additionally, we are now on all the other platforms Spotify, uh, what's the other ones that we've Stitcher. Stitcher. Uh, so. Yeah. And uh, we are on, oh, I've got another one. What is it called? Remember? <laughs> <laughs> that one. We'll, we'll post it online, guys. Sorry about yeah. that. I'm a bit tired. Last thought for me, at least. Um, are you guys excited for Lions Oof. I, I was going to suggest we buy tickets as soon as they come out. 100%. I'll I've, go to every single one. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, cool. In. In. Okay, you heard it here first. That's the next big thing. 100%. We'll be on international TV. They'll be coming to us for in-game analysis. <laughs> 2021 calling it right here. <laughs> big call, big call. But uh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Yes. But guys, uh, uh, thanks for, for joining me. Uh, it's absolutely lovely uh, chatting a bit of rugby uh, throughout the World Cup. And uh, yeah, to our listeners, thanks for joining us. We've seen the numbers increase every single week, which is always nice. So uh, keep, on, uh, keep on listening, give us a, a like or maybe just share us and we'll try to keep on talking a whole lot more bullshit without taking ourselves too seriously. Thanks, you rugby nerds. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Cheers.